Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia. For many people, actions speak louder than words. Especially when you grow up in families where love was never verbally expressed. It took my parents more than 30 years of me growing up and moving away to a different country when I got married for them to learn how to say I love you to me every time we say goodbye after a visit. I always knew and felt how much they love me, but it's different when you hear it out loud. You're listening to Project Loving Myself Podcast, a well-being podcast that shares stories of self-love, mental fortitude, and self-discovery. Hosted by life designer and well-being coach, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, I'm Sanaya Gurnamal, and this is the Project Loving Myself Podcast. Join me each week as we navigate through aha moments, new ideas, and flashes of insight from candid conversations that inspire you to get started on your own project of loving yourself. Because the most important relationship you will ever have is the relationship that you have with yourself. You matter. This is Project Loving Myself. Hello, gorgeous. How special are you feeling today? If you aren't quite feeling those all-important vibes, then today's episode might be just the thing for you. Today is all about feeling loved and special in our relationships with ourselves and others. I'm talking about love languages. You've probably heard of that term. We all have different love languages which is the way we express and receive love, which is particular to each one of us. Love languages are especially important in relationships. Couples that understand each other's love language are less likely to disappoint the other person in the way that they express their love and affection to the other. When we recognize how the people we love like to receive and express love, Then we communicate better with them as we interact with them with that in mind. We know just the right thing to do to celebrate them or make them feel special on an important occasion. Being aware of each other's love languages results in a deeper connection and a healthier relationship between two people. Love can get lost in translation when two partners who are unaware of each other's love languages, end up speaking different love languages. Each person does not feel loved or valued or important simply because of this disconnect, which ends up leading to misunderstandings and to very dissatisfied people in a relationship. The concept of love languages was introduced by Gary Chapman, PhD, 
In his book, The Five Love Languages, The Secret to Love That Lasts, Gary describes five unique styles of communicating love, which have become commonly known as the five love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. Let's do a rundown of these five love languages. Words of affirmation refers to verbal acknowledgments of affection in the form of I love yous, compliments, words of appreciation, and words of encouragement, either in written or verbal form. When I married my husband, one of the things that I really loved about him was how not one day would pass without him saying I love you to me at least once in a day. Most days, I would hear it multiples of times. And we do the same thing with our kids. I might be randomly walking hand in hand with my son on a day out, and I will stop and say, I love you, buddy, just like that, for no reason at all. That's our thing as a family. We are very verbal about our love for each other, and as a result of that, also very affectionate with each other. When my mom came to visit me when my son Suri was just two years old, she would call him such a little Romeo because he was always hugging and kissing and saying I love you to us. That's our thing. We are verbal and really affectionate, which is quite a change from how I grew up. So our love languages can change over time. Our words of affirmation don't stop at just the I love yous. When I dress up on a night out or for an event, I look forward to my husband complimenting me on how good I look, and he does it without fail. He is a very verbal guy when it comes to expressing his love and admiration, and sometimes I can't keep up. My husband is always experimenting with his new look in the form of a haircut or a new facial hairstyle, and he gets annoyed when I don't notice it. It makes him feel like he's not important or valued when I don't pay attention. So I've learned to look up from my laptop and do a quick check to make sure I'm not missing anything before he leaves for his day at work. He always leaves me with a kiss and an I love you, even when I'm in the middle of a Zoom meeting with a room full of people. Quality time is another important love language to master if your partner, friend, or loved one values spending time together. When you choose to spend time with a person who prioritizes quality time, then they feel loved and valued. Eye contact, being present, and active listening usually goes along with time spent together for it to be considered quality time. So no scrolling on the phone while sitting down at dinner together. It is important to understand the love languages of our partners. My husband Ravi's love language is affection and attention, particularly in being heard and listened to in the context of quality time. It's interesting because he was raised by a single mom who came from a generation where children just had to listen to their parents. And so he grew up not feeling listened to, and that became his language of love. When he is heard, he feels loved, important, valued, and appreciated. He feels seen. So making him feel special is something easy for me to do too. I have to stop everything I'm doing and just be present with him to show him how much I love him. And listen, 
He doesn't even need the validation or any feedback or comments from me. Just listening to him completely tells him he is loved and respected. On a different note, I remember going to dinner with my girlfriend and her friend in Boston one weekend when I was in college in the U.S. Her friend was sitting at dinner with us in this restaurant, which is totally the scene at that time. And this friend of hers, well, her eyes kept darting around to who else was in the same restaurant. I remember feeling so uncomfortable because she was there and having a conversation with us, but clearly she wasn't very present. She seemed more interested in who else was eating dinner at this restaurant in case it was someone that she knew. The fact that I still remember this one obscure dinner shows you how turned off I was by this person and probably explains why, if I'm having a conversation with my husband and he's scrolling on Instagram, I get really irritated and I will pause the conversation until he's done scrolling. He knows how much of a pet peeve it is for me to have a conversation with someone who is looking down at his or her phone while talking to me. You can't connect with someone or have meaningful conversation with someone when you don't have their full attention. And that is a good example of the importance of quality time to certain people. A lot of women that I know, especially those who have been raised to think that taking care of the family and children is their job or their duty, fall into the category of acts of service when it comes to their preferred language of love. When their partner does something for them to make their life easier, by taking over some of their chores, letting them sleep in, or taking care of the kids for a change, it makes them feel appreciated and keeps them going for a while, at least until they need another break. Acts of service show up in my marriage when my husband brings me my favorite half-pump, hazelnut skinny cappuccino from Starbucks when he comes home from going to the bank in the morning or when he feels like I need a pick-me-up. I remember when my well-being center was still in person, he would drop by in the middle of the day just to bring me a croissant or a coffee. He is all about these little acts of service that make me realize how much he thinks of me, even in the middle of his working day. For many people, Actions speak louder than words, especially when you grow up in families where love was never verbally expressed. It took my parents more than 30 years of me growing up and moving away to a different country when I got married for them to learn how to say I love you to me every time we say goodbye after a visit. I always knew and felt how much they love me, but it's different when you hear it out loud. Now, the fourth love language to cover is my husband's dominant love language, physical touch. People like my husband feel connected with the person they love when they are kissing, holding hands, cuddling on the couch or in bed, and of course, during sex. Physical touch of any kind is true intimacy for this kind of love language. When I'm in bed at night and catching up on one of my TV shows, I know my husband feels separated from me by my AirPods. He has expressed how divided he feels from me when he just can't share what's on his mind because I'm totally immersed in a show I'm watching. But I work with people all day, teaching or healing. So come nightfall, all I want to do is not talk. I just want to relax and get lost in something interesting on Netflix. 
It is how I check out for a little while, and my husband understands that, so he just lets me be. But because I know how important physical touch is to him, I'll reach over and just squeeze his arm while watching the new Grey's Anatomy episode, or I'll interlace my fingers in his while holding my breath on the season finale of House of Dragons. Just so he knows, I'm still there with him in our bed, not completely lost in the world of dragons or medicine. And now the last one of the five love languages that I have yet to address is gifts. This is the one closest to my own heart. But to explain why, I would have to tell you a little bit about my childhood. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. I have a vivid memory of my father bringing home a bouquet of flowers for my mother one evening. There's a fleeting thought that it might have been their anniversary. I was so young, but I remember that with the beautiful bouquet of roses came a handwritten note. My father's tall, elegant writing with a heartfelt message. My mother, on the other hand, didn't seem too pleased about the flowers. Flowers die, she said. They are just a waste of money. And just like that, as my father's romantic gesture flailed, so did my heart sink with it. I felt bad for him. I thought the flowers were beautiful. I can only imagine how it must have felt for my father to give my mother flowers only to have her not appreciate his gift at all. And this is how love languages can go awry between two people. I suppose that considering my mom's lack of enthusiasm for gifts, it is no surprise that my father was also not the kind that really did gifts on special occasions. Maybe my dad had been that kind of a person to begin with, but my mom being the more practical kind probably discouraged these traits in him. She believed in saving for a rainy day, echoes of a childhood where her family wealth disappeared with her father's untimely death. That trauma probably created a sense of insecurity that made her prioritize saving money over receiving gifts. And yet, my father would come back from business trips with tons of gifts for my mom, my brother, and me. But it felt like that was the way he also compensated for traveling so much because of his work. My father always said that when I was growing up, he would get me anything that I wanted. And he was right. If I wanted something, he would get it for me. But the thing was, there was never any surprise or anticipation. We got what we asked for. 
I have memories of Sunday family lunches, which were always followed by trips to the toy store. That was our Sunday ritual. Every Sunday, my little brother and I were allowed to choose one toy each from the toy store when we grew up in Japan. Of course, I would pick the biggest, most expensive toy, while my little brother would be happy with an inexpensive, tiny little thing. Not much has changed since. I'm still the arte one between the two of us. Arte is Tagalog for dramatic or pretentious, by the way. I believe that the wounds of our past influence the kinds of people we grow up to be with our particular love language. I suppose I was heavily influenced by a childhood where gifts were not so much the norm. I didn't have birthdays or Christmases with beautifully wrapped gifts. No, my heart never got to race in anticipation of what could be under the fancy bow. There was no looking forward to special occasions, but yes, I always had the things I wanted. It's anticlimactic to have everything you want without the excitement of looking forward to it or unwrapping it, or waiting for a special occasion, which also means that you're getting that one thing that you want. So of course, I grew up to be just the type of person who loves receiving flowers, tokens, and gifts of any kind. They make my heart pitter-patter with joy. When I got married, it was such a breath of fresh air to be showered with gifts. My husband, Ravi, loves buying gifts for the people he loves, and he's especially good at it. He's thrilled by the look of surprise and delight when he would watch me open or receive a gift he has carefully chosen. Yes, gifts are my love language, and it has a lot to do with my childhood when I didn't get any gifts. Because of that, Christmas is one of my favorite holidays, though I'm not even Christian. I only discovered this when I moved to the Philippines, since Christmas is so elaborately celebrated here. I love buying gifts for other people too, but I love receiving them even more. Like a child on Christmas morning, I literally am more excited than my kids to open their gifts. Because as a child, I didn't get to have experiences like these. We had a tiny little Christmas tree when I was growing up in Japan, a sort of nod to the holiday. But you couldn't even fit a single gift under our tiny tree. So of course, I revel in the chance to make merry when it's tis the season to be jolly. So exploring your own love language and context of your childhood can be really revealing. It gives you an understanding of why you have developed a certain type of love language as you understand more of yourself and heal those childhood wounds you develop more healthy attachment styles, which also allows your love languages to evolve. And one way we evolve is to practice our love language with ourselves. So I've learned to buy myself gifts when I've worked really hard or accomplished something I'm really proud of. It's my way of expressing love to myself. Coming from a childhood where receiving gifts was not the thing, I learned I can always give what I missed out on to myself. I'm lucky that I attracted a partner whose love language matches so perfectly with my own. But if that were not the case, I can connect with myself through my own love language. We all have our love language of choice, the one that we feel most comfortable with, most inclined towards, you could say. 
While it is important to show and express love to the people that we love, it is also necessary to show yourself some love too. If you love receiving gifts like me, buy yourself something nice every now and then. Treat yourself to a massage or facial or do your nails after a long week of work. Or save up for that class or self-discovery program that you've been eyeing. If acts of service are your thing, then pay someone to give your home a deep cleaning or organize your kitchen or treat yourself to takeout when you are too tired to cook. You can also write yourself a love letter, repeat positive affirmations like a mantra to yourself, journal your positive experiences or envision your perfect day daily to give yourself those words of affirmation if that's what floats your boat. Or if quality time is your love language of choice, then take yourself out on a date by doing something you love, start a meditation practice, learn a new skill, or even develop a new hobby. If physical touch is what keeps you going, then give yourself a facial or foot massage, cuddle up on your couch with a good movie under a cozy blanket, or enjoy a bubble bath. I share these suggestions with you so that you can practice connecting with yourself through your dominant language of love. You don't need to depend on others to give you love because you can meet your own needs yourself. By understanding yourself better and identifying your language of love, you can effectively practice self-love through self-care. So there you have it, folks, the five love languages. Words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, physical touch, and gifts. While I have been talking about love languages in terms of our romantic relationships and your relationship with yourself, the concept also applies to all relationships. Understanding the love languages that our children best receive or how our employees feel recognized and appreciated is a skill that can help us be more successful in all of the various kinds of relationships that we have in our life. So I invite you to spend the week noticing how other people relate to the different love languages. Can you connect with people on a more deeper level by understanding their dominant love language? People warm up to you quicker, are more likely to buy from you, and are more accepting of you when you speak their language. You feel more connected with others, less lonely, and more in tune with your world when that happens. So thank you for joining me this week on Project Loving Myself as we explored the many ways of loving ourselves through our love languages. Tell me what your language of love is, post and tag at Project Loving Myself podcast and me, of course, at Sanaya Gurnamal. And I will share back with you a love language tip. Do follow and subscribe to this podcast and help me reach my goal this year of 15,000 subscribers. Share this episode with someone you love because sharing is an act of service, an act of love. So you can check that box right off too. Here is a love yourself quote for today. It is not your job to make others love you. It is your job to love yourself so much that others can't help but to love you. You are loved. 
This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Network Asia and powered by Pod Machine. Ciao. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.